0: A couple times in the gospels, I'm thinking of John 14 is one where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm like, what? Let? No, like, I just thought that that was a... No, hearts just get troubled and then you figure out your way out of it. Yeah. And, but Jesus says, we actually have this rich capacity to shepherd the life of our heart. You can choose where you take your heart, you can choose what to do with these profound longings for life to be good again. And I think that's our primary work in the days ahead is, wow, my longing for life feels like an all-time high right now. And I'm aware that God feels kind of optional to that and, and actually frustrating. Like, if he's if he's helping, great. If not, I'm frustrated. Welcome to the Embracing Brokenness podcast, where our goal is to engage with all of those willing to venture deeper into their transformational journey with Christ. Here's your host and co-founder of Embracing Brokenness Ministries, Steve Adams.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. That little clip you heard right there was John Eldridge in a recent podcast that he released this week entitled Our Eden Heart. And I wanted to play that for you because this is an introduction to something that I think is really critical to where we are in our, I'll call it transformational journey right now with Christ, in Christ. This notion that after a global plague I'll call it because it was that there was so much more in the way of fallout than just sickness right so as we think about that there's an opportunity for us to be disheartened to be discouraged to be desolate if you will in our commitment toward healing and what John is trying to say there is that if we don't guard that heart of ours, if we don't pursue that Eden heart of ours, which is the heart that God gave us from the beginning, we may and could very well derail this journey. And I entitled this podcast, Don't Give Up on God, because I will just give you some examples of how difficult it has been, even for me in this season, because I'm someone who is very much an extrovert, so I love to get out and it's been a tough year and a half. Well, I'm, I, I probably would be better off to say 20 months of 2020, because that's what it feels like. We are not entirely out of this. I mean, there are parts of the world that hasn't even seen a vaccine yet. So I, I, I wanna say that this is around for the long haul because it is one of those situations where like many viruses, It just continues to mutate and we have this situation where many people are still feeling the effects around the world lockdowns loss of freedom loss of hope loss of faith and if you are honest with yourself as I have had to be with myself it has had a huge impact on my psyche my ability to function well and to give of myself in a way that God has called me to do that so a few examples of just simple things that you probably can give me. And I want to encourage you to make comments in the section on either on YouTube, if you're listening there or on our podcast, just write to us. I just need your feedback on this because I'm one person and I want to hear from you as well. But I bump into things a lot. (laughs) And I can't say that I did that a lot before this because... I think I'm fairly coordinated, I don't but but I am banging. I have more cuts and bruises and bangs over the last year than I can imagine. And I attribute that, quite frankly, to a loss of focus. And if I'm not careful, I will, I will get angry in a heartbeat. And I've mentioned this in prior podcasts, but my temper seems to be a lot shorter than it has been lately in the past, I should say. And now it's escalated by the fact that I'm banging into things and I'm uh, literally hurting myself at times. I caught my finger between the freezer and the refrigerator door the other day and just ripped open the skin. I had blood everywhere. Oh, sorry about that. But it it hurt. And I had a few choice words. There wasn't anybody in the house but our dog Tucker. So I I, I had, there's no proof of it, but God knows my heart, I was not happy. And I wanna tell you that that's just one small symptom of what I have been feeling psychologically this last several months. And I think coming out of that is not as easy as we think it is. There has been a funk in my heart. And I and I have to be truthful about this. For many of you that, that do know me and you understand the ramifications of that in ministry, it is hard sometimes to step up and give of yourself in a way that God would have us do that when we are very self-absorbed in the things that are really troubling us. and. So when when John quoted that and what I had him play that for you, I just think it is a dangerous period for many if we're not careful. So my challenge to you is not just to notice that, but to also do something about it, not just to hold back and say, well, that's just the way it is, you know, it, it isn't just the way it is, it's how it feels. And it has brought about a ton of anxiety for many people. Fear, fear is a real thing. And for many of those that I, you know, I just see on the street, for example, like I'm driving along and I, I still don't understand, but I feel like there's a couple different camps out there. And this is not a political statement or a condemnation of any particular person, but I have seen the folks that are driving around in their car by themselves with a mask on, I can't understand it entirely, but it tells me, it signals to me that there is a whole camp of folks that are still living in fear. Like somehow COVID will come through the vents and infect them. I don't get it. Then there's the other people who are, you know, speeding around the neighborhood with the window down. You can see they're aggravated at the world. And they're just going to defy everything and everyone in an effort to regain some level of freedom or control over their lives. That's not healthy. I probably fall in the camp that's somewhere in between, but I definitely have an issue with control right now. And I noticed something and John talked about it in this podcast, so it validated it for me a little bit. And I was thankful for that, that I had been running around doing things like fixing stuff in the house like but anybody that knows me is that i am not a high level hands-on type person where i'm going to run around and take care of things that are broken in my household but you know we we actually had a little project in our backyard where we did an outside area and it's beautiful thank god we were able to do it gives us a few extra square feet that we can go outside enjoy the environment it's the fall here now so it's beautiful uh and I even erected a pergola, a metal pergola. It took me about 12 hours. Thankfully, I had help from the neighbor for a couple hours. And there had to be 150,000 screws to that thing. And I had this heavy drill and I'm holding this thing all day. My wrists are still stored and it's a couple months ago. I'm telling you that I have this thing about fixing stuff. So I walk around looking for things to do all the time. I believe it's an element of control that I want to Garner and gain back into my life. You may be experiencing the same thing. Hopefully, I'm not crazy. I've talked to several people that have done this, too, because during COVID, even I call it BC, DC, AC, before COVID, during COVID, after COVID, I don't think there is an after COVID yet. But all these time frames that we line up, I, I can tell you, I mean, the, the world was not in great shape before a worldwide pandemic, and it certainly is not in great shape now in terms of its commitment to love one another well. So we see division, we see a lot of issues in the world, some of which I really just need to turn off because it contributes to my angst. But I can say this, I, I believe that we have been assaulted, by the enemy in a way we have never experienced before. And it's shown up in a lot of ways in a lot of people differently. Now, you can take inventory yourself and decide whether you run around, do projects or whether you're just operating on a different level of fear or you're totally fearless and really don't care or you're somewhere in between and you just know that you your world has been rocked and there's something you want to do about it. But like many, the last thing we want to do is run to something or someone or some situation to anesthetize ourselves from that pain. So my reasoning here by saying don't give up on God is that rather than the first thing when things go sideways, for me, it's a half a gallon of ice cream, right? (laughs) Okay. It's other things too, binge watching Netflix, run around, fix something. I don't know. For all of us, it's something a little different. Those seem benign, but then I have people that are friends of mine who have turned to drinking excess, drug, just places in their world that have darkened everything around them as a way to get relief. Not a healthy thing. So rather than the first thing that you turn to. The first thing, stop and ask God, what is in this for me? What do you have for me, Lord? Knowing the enemy is attacking from every angle right now to just tear down the reality around me that Jesus loves me and that I need to share that love with others in this very short term mission trip that I have here on earth. And as Christians, it's just easy to check out sometimes. You know, I we did church online for a year and a half, but I'm still not back regularly because it's just simpler to turn it on the TV on a Sunday morning and attend a couple services if you want. Now, I'm not condemning people that do that. I'm just saying that that's not a lack of, that is not fellowship of the brethren. I get a lot as an extrovert. Okay. I loved being with people. I love being around people and my friends in church. It's a big part of the week. It's not the be all end all, but it is what God has called us to you know, not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, but to do so in a way that is uplifting and, and f- f- growth of one another. We can contribute to one another's growth spiritually. And I think that is being hijacked as well. So pay attention to what's happening in you and give God every opportunity to heal you in the places that you're hurting. I wanna play another clip for you because I think this is something that would illustrate, well, the concern that we have even in giving up an anchor like Jesus. So listen in here and we'll be back to finish things up. There was a climbing accident that took place
0: on Mount Hood in Oregon that, that was made the news because it was like, whoa, it was pretty high drama. And what happened, this is back in 2002. So Mount Hood is a is a technical climb at that time of year. It's ice. And so you're using ice axes and crampons, you know, these, these kind of cleats you put on your boots that have You know, very, very sharp tips and you can like walk up ice, you know, snow fields, that kind of thing safely. So four climbers have um, done the five hour climb to get, they've made the summit, they've high fives, joy, take some pictures. They're coming back down now and they're still roped together. So four climbers roped together and for some reason they choose to pull their fixed protection as they descend. And and there's a lot of reasons around that. Like it's the weariness, it's the fatigue. It's, you know, I was reading the, the analysis by a climber was saying, when you get to the summit, you let down and you forget that your climb is only half done. Mm. The summit feels like you're done, but right. you're not done. You're halfway done. Done is the car, right? <laughs> done is the down. Mm-hmm. And and so you're hypoxic, you, you know, you're in oxygen starvation, you're hypoxic hypoglycemic at this point, you you, you desperately need like huge amounts of sugar, even to reason correctly, you're tired, you know, many people at this point have some level of altitude sickness kind of thing. And now you're decision-making. So here's what these guys do. They decide to pull their fixed protection as they go down and they're just going to walk down on their tips of their crampons in a string of four and, and what happens is the top guy, so he's farthest up the mountain still, falls. He slips, just slips on the ice for a moment. But the angle of it is, he's on his back, and he is a toboggan mm. in a nanosecond. And when, if you're going to do this attempt, if you're going to if you're going to walk down in kind of what's called a running belay, you know, you, the top man must never fall. Like mm. uh, that's the because there's 35 feet of rope between him and the next climber below him which means he has fallen the height of a seven-story building. By the time he hits the second climber, the rope goes taut. Well, the second climber can't stop that kind of force. He's going 30 miles an hour. He rips the second climber off. Now the two of them are plummeting, rips the third off. You, you see the horrible yeah. like math of this. They, they are falling with thousands of pounds of force when they hit another group of climbers, two guys, Pastor, and, and one of the members of his congregation, and they just clothesline these guys right off the mountain with them. Now there's six guys falling in a tangle of ropes and ice axes and stuff like that, three more. There's a team of three climbers coming around the edge of this crevasse. They swipe those guys off as they all go into the crevasse. Okay. So when an accident like that happens, there's always inquiries and investigations and they get kind of the, the experts in the field to go, what happened? Mm-hmm. And we need to learn from this. And what happened was they pulled their fixed protection. Why? Well, because they were tired and they just wanted to get down quicker. Because if you're using your fixed stuff, you, it just really it's really slow. And you just go, I just want to be done, man. I just want to be there. Mm. And I'm reading this story. You see, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, react to that. No application for me <laughs> <laughs> at all. Oh my gosh the danger of making decisions in this point, fatigued, exhausted, not all the way through with the, the potential to do immense harm to myself and those around me. Like how is this not applied to every single no one of us? The, the guy at the top, you're saying who has to be the most careful, right? The the most sure of his footing. As you're saying that, I'm thinking as a man, as a as a husband and a father, as we go to some degree so goes the family. And and so like when we are living that unexamined life or that we're chasing the wrong things and we slip and fall, look who we pull with us. Yeah. Yeah, gang, we're not down yet. We're not down yet. And we're exhausted and we're fatigued. And our longing for life to be good again is at an all-time high. So
1: good. So Good. Thank you, John, for that. So what is the solution? We have to double down in our commitment to caring for our heart and to drawing closer to the God of the universe who created us, who gave us life, and who wants to rescue us from a very, very torn-up world and a very difficult set of circumstances. So folks, do that in prayer offered up to God. Ask Him to companion you in a way to solidify that commitment and to recommit yourself to Him and to everything that He's called you to be and to those around you who need you so desperately to be committed and a part of this kingdom purpose that God has given for each one of us.
0: This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.